We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. Welcome to the third release of my conversation with Charles as we continue to bring education and support to others surrounding Rare Syndrome Awareness Day. Today, we discuss their transition from Little Lighthouse into the public school system and the partnerships which helped create a smooth process. Charles also educates us on what he wishes others knew about CDLS and his words and expertise from a parent perspective will help shed light on this rare syndrome. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of We Saved You a Seat with Charles Moore. You, you have to transition to school now. So walk me through, and I know I feel like we're skipping a whole lot of years here, <laughs> but I, why don't you... Why don't you walk us through into kind of that school transition piece? You know, was that a big adjustment for you, for you as a family and for him? Because now here he is going to, I'm, I'm making some assumptions here, but public school. And now we're just kind of like, okay, now we're introduced into this other world of advocacy that looks a little different than Little Lighthouse. (laughs) Definitely. In the time frame from him starting the Little Lighthouse to him ending Little Lighthouse, a lot of personal stuff had changed between his mother and I, and that's that was a whirlwind of of stuff that happened. And then from the time of Little Lighthouse to elementary, so I was living in East Tulsa. I had finished college. I had my I had my first house. Charles and I were living with me at this time. Like I didn't have custody of them, but I didn't. Like they live with me per their mom. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I didn't kidnap them or nothing. But so they live with me full time. I took them to school. I, I did everything. Like I was there full time. I was single, full time single father is what I was. And, and and so when the little lighthouse come to an end, they prepare you for school. So they're like, all right, so this is your last year here. Which Charles Charles got an extended year. While we were there, they. They would like you, you. The parents had to come and take like a little course type of deal to to learn about what an IEP was or to how it was set up. And I did all that process. To be honest, I didn't understand hardly none of it because I was like I was still in school. I was trying to get my feet off the ground and working. I was going. Uh, I was a pharmacy technician, but I did compounding. So I was trying to just get my life in order while doing that. So like. It's kind of bad to say, but like I, I didn't fully engage while like as much as I should have for that transition while there. But I remember them going and telling me what it was and what kind of stuff would be in the IEP. And so when it come down for us to go to school, we had to per the little lighthouse, we had to already contact the school, get all the information, and put Charles's teachers, who was also his therapist in contact with the school like it was part of the process to where they had to talk or he couldn't even go type of deal which i don't know if that was legal or not but anyway it was it was a great process to have and i appreciate it because by the time by the time his teachers and therapists met with his teacher 
his uh we public school, we go to public schools. By the time they met with his teacher, they ended up telling her all the information that I couldn't. <laughs> so it, it it made it it helped me out so much to where by the time I met the teacher, she's like, I had a great meeting with this teacher and she told me about this, 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 and this. And I was like, that's she did a great job because I, I in my mind, I wouldn't have told her all of that. Like to, I don't know, like I don't know what would have been policy or breaking power, but I just didn't know. So to me, it would have been like he doesn't talk. Um, this is what he eats, like just the basic stuff. But she got into details of uh, these are the colors that we think he likes. These are toys that he likes. Like, the, and, it, and it was a bunch of what I know now is PT and OT stuff to keep him moving forward. But at that time, it didn't compute in my head as that. But like, I, I remember thinking in my head, I'm like, man, you dropped the ball, but they, like a little lighthouse can save you again type of deal because. It was just some stuff that they did that I never would have thought of as a parent not knowing nothing. So uh, that was a big help. And once we started school, we actually I actually moved. Uh, so the house that Charles was raised in until then, the little last year is a little lighthouse. We was on the east side of Tulsa and the school that he would have had to go to. I went and toured their disability class and all that type of stuff. I wanted to get a feel of it. And I went in there and I was not impressed. Like to a degree, I was a little bit angry. And I and I and I told my mom at the time, Charles can't go there. Like, I have to do something, but he cannot go to that school because I feel like something's gonna go wrong. And at this time I was younger, I was a little more attitude, a little more feisty. And I'll be like, I'm gonna go up there and have to fight somebody in the middle of school. And I'm like, I, I can't afford to go to jail because I'm a single father of these two kids. And she was like, I understand. Let's look around and see and find somewhere else for you to go. And so that's actually how we ended up in Owasso because my mind and my heart was not okay with Charles going somewhere that was not close to the little lighthouse. And where we would have been going was so far of a drop off. It was like, I couldn't do it. So anyway, after finding about Owasso, looked into their program, went and took a quick little tour, met some of the teachers at the time or the parents at the time. And I was like, this, this is it. Like, this is, this is the place for my child. We can keep moving forward here. So packed up life, moved to Owasso so he can get enrolled. Zion at the time, she was still in Tulsa school, so I would drive. The drive from Tulsa to Owasso was on, like, every day because she had to go to – because she was uh, she went to a Spanish immersion school, and they didn't have it in Owasso. It was only in Tulsa. So it was either take her out of this immersion program to where she was excelling in tenfold or drive. So for a while, we just made that drive until her elementary and – first year of middle school was over and then after that we ended up having to break the program just because it wasn't convenient but she got all the stuff she needed before then so um but yeah the program at Owasso at the elementary he went to was amazing like the teachers followed through with the stuff he was supposed to learn they they went over when I was in his IEP they did it so even so which is a part of the little lighthouse story was Charles wouldn't take nothing by mouth, but towards the last year, they started doing different little taste tests to see if he can learn to do it. And he did. <laughs> it went from just basically rubbing ketchup on his lip. You know, started basically like that to where by the time we left, he was ready to suck the little pouches, like the Gerber pouches. He was ready to eat those. 
that was like a six year build up type of deal. But when we got to the elementary, they were like, Hey, we will feed him. Like we will keep this process going. You bring us the pouches. We will do whatever this paperwork say to keep him going forward. We are on your team and we will do it. So went to Sam's and bought like cases of these applesauce pouches and like just different stuff like that. To me, it, it helped keep him moving forward because just on food alone, the guy is like a human garbage disposal now, but like the fact that it started with putting ketchup on his lip to now he, all he wants to do is eat like that in that process. Like they, the school has a lot to do with helping with that because he he actually is in middle school now, but at the elementary, we was there, I want to say for six years. I, I, I'm pretty sure I held him back one time so we can get the longer stay there. And the, the goals that he accomplished by being with them was awesome. Like it was, it was amazing. I absolutely love that. I love the the partnership that you had with the school, with Little Lighthouse, them all working together in for the benefit yeah. of Charles. So, I mean, that's just, it's powerful. You don't see that in a lot of communities. So you mentioned that he's a um, he's a garbage disposal now. He, he likes to eat with the, does he still have a G-tube? Well, yeah, he still has it, but we don't use it unless like if he gets sick or the flu or something, like we can feed him through there to supplement him. But besides that, to be honest, it's not as it's more so there to to vent him. Part of his syndrome, he's super gassy. He would like no joke, he could clear a room if you was to sit there long enough. But when you when you vent him, it it, it relieves the pressure. Cause it, it, it he, he went through a lot of pain just dealing with that type of stuff. So it's it's not needed for food. And if we go to the hospital, they'll put medicine in it. And which we can use it for medicine too. It helps to get it in the system faster, but for the most part, it's just it's, it's there for decoration. He's frequent to ear infections. We've we've had so many ear infections, it's not even funny. But I would always be like, I wonder if he would eat this, like taste the medicine and like it. And and it's now because back at this day it was G tube only, so I knew he wouldn't try. But now it's funny because he eat some of the medicine by mouth, and I'm like, do you actually like it? Yeah, mm, 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 and he wants more, so he'll. If it's like a little five meal dose, he'll legit drink a whole five meal dose of this antibiotic. And I'm like, bro, you don't understand how far you've come because it's it's pretty funny to see that he 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 likes it now. So it's there though. I'm not gonna say it does serve a purpose, but it's just it's it's not used for feeding purposes. That's great. I mean that that is a testament to how much therapy he has been through he's now able to eat by mouth so that's just that's powerful so so now that you've oh, had yeah. all of this training you've had 14 years of experience with um with this syndrome i think a great piece of this conversation would be for you to just educate us a little bit about the syndrome and what you know about it as a parent yeah i would love to do that cuz this is a big part of my advocacy is literally just to let people know what CDLS is because going through grocery stores with this kid and having people stare and look and more people stare, look and comment versus come and talk to you. But like, if I, I in, my, in my mind, if, if everybody could be aware of what it is, it won't be as weird or as difficult to deal with. But uh, Cornelia DeLange syndrome is a genetic disorder. And basically what happens is that it's a, muta a mutation of a gene 
And when in, in the splitting of that gene mutation, it can cause like literally a plethora of of different things to happen. But in because it's not it's not a one size type fit all type of deal with CDLS because there's so many combinations that you just don't know what combination you're going to get. And although they have narrowed down a certain set of genes that that are causing these mutations, they it, it's still no guarantee like if the um whatever gene like so like the gene that's splits for Charles the NIPBL that he might have it and 50 the other people might have it but none of them will have the exact same conditions or like would, would like treatments would even be different but CDLS normally it's a, it's a low birth weight besides being a gene disorder it's a low birth weight the kids grow really slow Charles is 14 but he is 50 pounds and I want to say right at four feet tall. So it's like you would look at him and think he was a four-year-old, but he's really 14. Um, most of them are born really low in weight. They have a small head size. Developmental delays is very common in CDLS. Um, and a lot of them have GI issues. So, excuse me. so there's a lot of... Um, G tubes and feeding pumps and, and 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 not for everybody, but like it's a lot. And it gets more details. Charles actually had to have a surgery to cut out six inches or so of his intestines because it had wrapped around his stomach, which is a part of the syndrome too. Um, they're learning more and more, so autism just got brought into the picture for CDLS students. So Charles was diagnosed with autism, I think two and a half to three years ago, which that's new for them. And I'm I'm glad that we went and got that diagnosis because I was like, I don't know why he's doing some of these things, but it was like, I learned so much about him just from that, that diagnosis alone. Like it was amazing once they said it, and she told me how it was done and how it was figured out and all that stuff. I was like, oh, my goodness, this explains the last year and a half and literally 30 seconds of you telling me this. So that was super helpful. Uh, other characteristics of CDLS, which you would, would besides, like, you would notice, like, if you were just to walk by and say, oh, something wrong with that kid, would be, like, their facial features. So they have long eyelashes, lots of hair hair is super crazy like and that's why charles has so much like it grows so fast and so good that i let his hair grow because i was planning on donating it for a part of the uh the cdls conference that was going to come to tulsa but covid ruined that and i just haven't cut his hair yet because i just it's just it's so long and so thick i'm so excited once we do cut it because some other little kid is going to love having this wig with this thick hair that everyone seems to want off his head but back to cdls um <laughs> he has limb differences like so for him he has he has a nub like his so if you were to extend your arm and then curl it that's how his arm is with a digit on it it's just one single digit and then his right arm is a regular arm with like a, they call it a claw it's not even really fingers but it's like two merged fingers and a pinky that would not have like a bone in it per se, 
but it's like it's just a claw. So it's like you would definitely notice it when you see him. His his nose and his low, he got low set ears, which most people don't notice the ears, but they definitely notice him being hairy, like hairy eyebrows. He has more back hair than me, like which is I'm not exaggerating that at all. Like he legit has a like a, a coat of hair on his back. It's so crazy. Um and his nose, he got a little turned up nose. Which most people, when they see that, they either comment on his on his limbs being different or his little nose, but they think it's so cute. And they like with other abnormalities, um, droopy eyelid type of deal, um, heart defects, bowel abnormalities, seizures. But Charles don't have none of that. Like that list gets a little bit extensive, and I'm just thankful that we don't have to deal with a lot of those. We have some, don't get me wrong, but just not not all of them. And CDLS, like it, it's me. It's it's not known about enough, I guess. So, like one in ten thousand kids are are born with it. But if you was just, a, if I can take Charles to Oklahoma City, well, that's not a good example. Uh, if I if I go out of state and just go to a regular doctor and walk in and say, "Hey, here's my kid. Something is wrong. He got CDLS." Not many doctors know what it is. And even I, I guess I could use even doctors here. Like when we go to some appointments here, we went to the dentist because he had teeth in his gums that were growing but not coming out. So he ended up having 14 teeth in his gums. And when we went seeing the dentist, the dentist was like, um, I'm not trying to be rude, but what's wrong with him? Like we've never seen this before. And I'm, it's just something that is not normal. So I, I just I just wish like more people would know about it, but the fact that I know about this website, cdlsusa.org, and they tell you, hey, if your doctor don't know what's going on, give them this. We have sections where it's for the doctors. They can contact us and help guide us through and stuff like that. So that's one of the major things about CDLS and the foundation and their website that I love because I've used it. Like if I had questions, I typed in and sent them say, hey, this is going on. Can you help me out? And they, a doctor will email you back and be like, oh, yeah, I'll check this out. Or they have like a form. They might say, go check this form and send you the link because they have a lot of stuff in there too. So that's um, really good stuff for me, like as a parent. And as the foundation, they, it's been good over the 14 years to see the same people, which it sounds weird, but like I've literally seen this one receptionist, Charles, his whole life. And when I call her email, she went, oh, hey, Charles, like she know who I am because we it's the same girl. It's not like they flip through people. Some of our doctor appointments that we go through, we go through people so often that I feel like none of them ever get to really know Charles to understand what we actually need. So I really like that the foundation has name. like they, they the people who are there want to be there. And I guess whoever it's paying them to be there, appreciates them being there because they're keeping them. So um, that's a, that's that was super helpful for me. But that's a little bit of CDLS in a nutshell. Like we can definitely get deeper into it because, like I said earlier, he had the surgery where his intestine wrapped around his stomach. That situation itself was so crazy because I didn't even know that was an option. And then once it did happen and we go through the emergency room and emergency room, panic and say oh my goodness we got to get him to okc right now emergency we literally ride an ambulance from tulsa to okc because it was that serious type of deal to where 
it was come to find out, like, I didn't know at the time it was CDLS related until while we were there and while he's having surgery, I'm calling the CDLS Foundation. I'm like, I need to talk to somebody because this is going on. And I was like, oh, yeah, while you wait for a call back, go, I'm going to send you this link. And, of course, the link was most kids with this gene split have this issue. And, of course, that issue was on the list. So I was like, oh, so maybe if I would have researched a little bit more, I would have known that. So really that put me, because I'm, I'm just that dad. Like, I'm, I, I just, I could have done better. That That's how I look at everything when it comes to my kids. In the sense of like not to downplay myself, but I want to learn. I want to just learn to do better and not make a mistake for the next time. But that's when I learned that, okay, it's time for me to go back and revisit the website because it's, and read up all the new updates because they update every year. And I'm not going to lie. I'm, shoot, that's probably been my first time reading an update on CDLS in five or six years since that point. But like even just having that resource there to know that, okay, this was part of the syndrome. It's a fix. Once it's fixed, we don't have to worry about it again. That was great. And like other stuff, like his hip situation, like that was, I've never, if you was to see a kid get up without arms and can literally turn one leg almost behind his back to get up, it was a quite interesting thing to see. <laughs> but come to find out he had no hip socket, so his hips can rotate any way he wanted it to. <laughs> and it was, and of course, all part of the syndrome. There's more stuff that the website will teach you and being active in the community will teach you and all parts of CDLS though, like every single thing was definitely CDLS worthy. So it sounds like he's had multiple surgeries throughout his lifetime um, to correct things, whether that be the fundoplication or the, um, the G tube. And then you said, mentioned the hip surgeries and the, the testing type surgery. So mm-hmm. he's had multiple surgeries through 14 years, big ones, small ones, like some that come to find out we probably didn't need to do it, but it was like a precaution. Like he, so we had to get stents in his eyes and his tear ducts. So he wouldn't like, he couldn't, he would cry, but he wouldn't cry. Like you would see a kid cry and whine and not one tear would drop. So you'd be like, oh, you're a faker. Well, no, he don't have tear ducts. So nothing can come out. So it was like learning stuff like that. So we had to do tear duct surgery and ears so many times. And we actually had to do the fundo placation twice. Because as you get older, the fundo can loosen up. And I didn't know this until he puked one day. And I was like, um, something ain't right. You ain't supposed to be able to do that. Well, then a little bit later, he did it again. I was like, all right, let's go to the doctor, buddy, because I know this ain't right. And so coming to find out, I learned that fundos can loosen. You have to go back in to retighten them. And we did that. So that was that was a fun surgery, too. But I will say through all surgeries, he does well with them. And a part of CDLS is that I guess for him, he doesn't feel pain all the way. And the dude is a rock star sometimes. So when he had his hip surgery and his intestine surgery, on both occasions, he tried to get up and walk the next day. And I'm like, bro, do you not understand what just happened? Like you have plates in your hips that you just got out of a cast for two months. Like this, it was, it's insane that he, that it don't register that, okay, I need to lay here and chill. And, and he would get up and walk and he tried it and he felt the pain then and he would sit down, but like he had to just learn you couldn't just say hey this is going to hurt you had to let him go through it and his willpower is going to make you have to let him go through it because if you try to restrain him then he turns into like the tasmanian devil and it's even worse so 
it's it's part of the syndrome is that pain tolerance, which is crazy. Like I've never experienced it in my life that a surgery don't affect you and you want to walk the next day. But when he get these ear infections and when he has um, like teeth pain, it's detrimental. The dude cannot function. And I literally mean he cannot function with the ear infection. Like that's how I know when one is coming because of all of his normal stuff that he do start to go downhill and he will just bang his head against the wall or on the concrete. And it's to me, it's weird that a pain like that would completely deplete him. It's it's just Charles. Like he has the ear infection two weeks ago. We actually have a surgery scheduled um, in a couple of weeks to do another set of tubes, but that last ear infection, it was so bad. Like he was running to bang his head into a wall, like getting a running start. And I'm like, dude, like it, it just, I don't know. It's just weird to me that that causes so much drama. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. The, the pain tolerance of certain things, but then once it's the head or the teeth or the ears, then it's, yeah, it's definitely debilitating in, in that area. So hmm. That's interesting. And I'm sure there's so many changes and updates that there is no way you as a parent could keep up with everything. So yeah, I'm just, probably, definitely probably not. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely impressed by what you know. Thank you for joining us on this episode of We Saved You a Seat with guest Charles Moore. You will not want to miss the next and final episode as Charles shares about his amazing daughter Zion, describes the conversations he would like to have with strangers in the community, and then last but certainly not least, tells us all about Charles III and his big personality. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.